it's April 3rd, 2022, as I record this part of the interview, and it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. My guest, LaTanya Edwards, so impressed me, and we had a lot of laughs, strangely enough, as we talked about her experience of healing and knowing the signs that she had healed from her experience of being sexually abused as a child and then later being sexually assaulted within the military. However, you might not catch any of that because we had some technical glitches. So it's I spent a couple of hours trying to sync us up and edit appropriately. But please know, I think she is a mighty phoenix and she has a lot to share and a lot to learn from about healing from sexual assault. Also, I hope you're enjoying your springtime. I am right now at Tennessee Fitness Spa, thanks to my dear friend, Carol Krein. And I get to teach a class on book, like writing a memoir that became a movie such as my own, and then another night on memoir writing itself. So I'm really, really, really grateful for connections I've made throughout life and certainly throughout the writing process. I'm about to have a series of mini-sodes on mistakes I made or mistakes that I nearly made during my own journey of having a memoir that became a television movie. And if you have certain questions, any questions about the memoir to movie process or book to movie process, go ahead and email me pretty quickly this week, April 3rd, 2022. Uh, and I will do my level best to try to include those in the mini-sodes. And you're always welcome to ask questions, but this is kind of time-limited because I will be recording these and having them available to you in mid-April. Thanks so much, always. Appreciate your reviews tremendously. And if you find this valuable, share with a friend, please. Have a great week. Therapy and actual healing. And I started to realize how many people were unhappy in their day-to-day lives, even though we all know what we need to do to change things in our lives. A lot of people struggle with changing things. And I wanted to provide the support and assistance that I didn't have whenever I was going through my healing and recovery process. So, you know, I've gone through a couple of therapists and you're right. Therapy is not the end of the road. It takes work outside of therapy. You can't just go to an office and talk to someone once a week or once every two weeks and think that that's the end of it. You have to actually put in the work to heal and to thrive. And I went through a couple of therapists because the first therapist wasn't the right therapist for me. They didn't match me. They were not trauma informed, which means they would ask questions that would re-trigger trauma to me. And of course that wasn't their intention, but because they were not trauma informed, they didn't realize what they were doing. So after going through a couple of therapists, I found I finally found the right therapist and I was actually able to start my healing journey because going through the wrong therapist and re-traumatizing me, I was kind of stuck in a circle. So I was just going around in a cycle of feeling like I wanted to do something different. I wanted to heal, but then frustrated because I wasn't healing or feeling like, you know, I was putting too much pressure on myself. And feeling like I wasn't reaching the milestones that I should have already reached. You know, we all kind of set these time frames for ourselves based on what society says. Like if something happens to you, you have this amount of time to be over it. When the reality is, is there's no time frame for healing. There's no time frame for grief. 
there's no time frame for getting over things. You have to just go by your own internal clock and what is right for you in that moment. And here's the spot where I ask Latanya if her family was in fact supportive while she was going through the healing process and reaching out for help. We have too much pressure and expectations that we don't, we put our ourselves because of what our family and society says that we should put on ourselves, not because of what we actually want. Yeah, that's the only way that you, the only way that you can heal is going at your own pace because I can tell you to do 20 steps in 30 days and you're going to get over something. But if you can only do one step a week, then that 30 day time period that I'm setting for you is not going to work. And then you're going to put more pressure on yourself to try to rush through a process that cannot be rushed. I mean, you can breeze through the steps, but then that's not real healing. You have to go through the process in your own time. One thing I noticed is that I stopped judging myself. Um, I gave myself some grace. So I wasn't so down on myself all the time. And that doesn't mean that I don't have personal accountability for things that I need to do. It just means that if I make a mistake, okay, it's a mistake. When before I actually started healing, if I made a mistake, then it's the end of the world. Oh my God, I'm so stupid. I don't understand how I did this. And I'm going back, even after the situation is over, I was just going back over it and over it and over it instead of just giving myself some grace and realizing I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm entitled to make mistakes. You know, that's part of the learning process in this life journey is making mistakes. And another thing that I stopped doing, which is a funny thing, um, I stopped arguing with people in my head. You know what that means? It's like if I wanted to say something to someone, I was like rehearsing this conversation over and over and over again. So by the time I actually spoke to that person, we've been arguing for an hour. They just don't know that, you know? So <laughs> right. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. And this is the first word I've even said to them. So, of course, they don't understand why I'm so angry. So I was able to stop arguing with people in my head. And that was that was just amazing. It was amazing. Thank you. So, yeah, so if someone cuts you off in traffic, it's a two-minute two-minute interaction, maybe even one minute, and it trickles out into the rest of your day and you're tired and you're frustrated and people are pulling away from you. And you kind of <laughs> use that sometimes to reinforce, oh, well, nobody wants to be around me anyway, or this is why I don't do this and that. And it's kind of, it kind of becomes this cycle of, you know, we're in a bad mood and then nobody wants to be around us. And it just goes around and around and around in a circle. When it let that one minute interaction go, we would be in a better mood for the rest of the day. (laughs) We absolutely would be. I think that is so terrific. I mean, there's a lot of work now written on self-compassion and just being as empathetic with ourselves as we would be with a friend or with a client or with someone. And I think that can be a really beautiful and helpful thing. So you saw those markers in yourself that you were making great progress toward healing. And then when did you decide to take that a step further and go into business with recovering your soul? You know, I started to realize I was the person that people came to when they were feeling down and, or they didn't know what to do about a situation. And I was the person they were calling at two or three o'clock in the morning, not because 
of any, I don't want to say actual emergency, but because they're just having some type of crisis in their life and they just need someone to talk to. And I decided to put some structure to that. If, you know, like I am passing out information and I am the shoulder that people are leaning on, I decided to go and get certified to become, you know, a health coach and a life coach and put some structure to my day instead of people feeling like, oh, they can call me at two or three o'clock in the morning. I have business hours. Right. Good. Good, good. You're not trying to foster a dependency on you. You're trying to empower someone with some of the things you've learned and the tools that you've gained. Now, how was that process? Did you enjoy the the classes, the education? Um, I did because throughout the process, um, when you're becoming a life coach and a health coach, you have to you have to go through coaching, basically. So you have to learn about coaching and you also have to be coached and then you have to coach other people as part of the process. You have to do so many hours of coaching others, but you also have to do so many hours of being coached. And then you also have to witness other people being coached. So you kind of see people's reactions to some of the questions and you kind of get their responses. But what it actually does is it teaches you things about yourself. You know, and there were some realizations I had about myself throughout the process that I had not had before, even in therapy, even in, you know, kind of being that shoulder to lean on to talk to friends and family. When I started getting that formal education, it it allowed me to look at myself in the mirror and, and see myself more clearly. Good. I like that. Now, and you probably also have a whole new support network among coaches, which is also terrific. Right now I have other, I have friends that are coaches. You know, right. I have friends that are therapists. I have, you know, it's, it, it is entirely a new network of people. Oh, that is so exciting. Now, did you f- experience the same sort of epiphanies when you were writing your book? Cause you could tell us a little bit, you wrote a book called whole again, and it has a subtitle. Yes. Whole again. It is eight steps to um, thriving after sexual abuse. Good. And what I always say is that, You know, I recommend journaling because journaling, you know, I say jokingly that you can trap the words on the page and then the thing can't bother you anymore. But what it is, is it's actually therapy. Sometimes you can write down things that you can't say out loud. So in writing my book, I was able to express ideas that I had not realized that I had. I was able to uncover some things that you know, I was able to put on paper some things that I had not expressed out loud that could help other people. I love it. That's fantastic. And again, it gives you that distance from some of the events that may have been painful that happened in your life too. There's something about writing it. It's a grounding experience where it's like, okay, this is definitely a confirmation that that was the past. And today I'm reflecting on the present. Yeah. And I will say some the book, The Eight Keys to Thriving, it is not necessarily my story there are parts of my story in it but it is more of this is a situation these are ways that you can deal with that situation this is how you can start to heal if you've experienced the situation i think that's terrific fantastic well it's largely about not just getting by after horrible things have happened but like flourishing thriving So speaking of which, now you have your own business. Now you have the life that you've created in a different part of the country than where you were born. What else have you gone to find that you love now that you're in a more thriving journey? 
Um, I love traveling. I love experiencing new things. I love taking pictures of everything. Uh, well, I think I've always loved taking pictures, but whenever I actually started thriving, I wanted to learn more about photography so I can understand angles and understand lighting and how how beautiful pictures become, you know, how I can translate what I see onto that picture. Um, I like that is something that I actually really enjoy is photography. I think it is so important, especially after going through really difficult times to not only focus on, you know, unpacking some of the old traumas, but at, you know, when the dust starts to settle, clouds start to move, embracing an exciting new world. And uh, so photography and travel for you, I think is terrific. I think people just have to remember when they're going through dark, dark times that better things are to come. You know, if they do the work, there are better times coming and more difficult times in the future as well. But by then we have muscle, you know, we have memory muscle as to how to deal with them. Yeah. You know, I say that I feel like life comes in seasons. And so sometimes everything is great. Sometimes things are not so great. But the the key is to understanding you have to enjoy those good times because they're not going to always last, you know. But (laughs) on the other side of that, when you're going through a difficult situation, you can hold out hope. Okay, this is just a period of my life. It's not going to be forever. You know, it's going to get better. Things are going to change. Exactly. And you're giving people the tools for them to help make it better. And I think that's that's the exciting part. So where can people connect with you, find out about your book and working with you? at reco- yeah. um, My website is recoveringyoursoul.com. Um, my book can be purchased on my site. It's available uh, on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, the I- iTunes store or app store for Apple. It's available through Google Play if you have an Android. Um, <laughs> social media it is recovering your soul at you know Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. I am recovering your soul. <laughs> Love it, and that's a great title as well. I, it's a great handle. Thank you so much for being with me today, with us today, and I really wish you all the best. Let's stay in touch. Thank you for having me. I enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow, and if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.